if you have like a piece of scrap material on your bed is if you could if you have a square or rectangle or a circle you could lightly laser engrave that shape onto the bed first like really quick pass and just score the actual shape of what you're about to set in there then set your object in there and then now you know where it's going to land and then line it up on the screen let's say you have a log <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Laser Source Podcast, the number one podcast where we answer your questions. Uh, hope everyone's doing good tonight. We're going to be spending some time answering all the questions you guys have. I'm just going to give a quick hello to, to everybody in the chat. We got Cheeks from the Philippines. Hey Cheeks. <laughs> Wayne, Vince, Jack, Miranda. Yeah, Love, Mark. I should say Laura. Hi Laura. Sam, we got everybody. Chalk, hope everybody's doing good. Willie, holy moly. Willie hit us with a pre-show. Yeah, man. Thank That's you. Solid. Yep. I will uh I will make sure um I note that to Alex so we can get that taken care of. Thank you, buddy. We got Bill, Matt in the chat. He'll be joining us shortly. He's finishing up a uh, a project. And I'm gonna keep going till I see some questions. Beam it up, our man Anthony. Alex is being tech support for his mom right now. He'll be in soon. <laughs> <laughs> All good. All good. Yeah. Well, still, let's, yeah, I don't see any questions in there. Um, what you've been working on otherwise, Kyle? I had some. Oh, you guys can't see it behind me. Uh, you still can't see it. My exhaust is in the way. I had some some spray paint projects I was working on. And so those are, are still curing before I can really do much else with those. And I've been, you guys can see my CO2 again. So my 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 rolly cart with uh, the 30 watt, the 20 watt fibers and the, the CO2 Galvo are uh, rolled off to this side of the room. You can just barely see the corner of that cart. Um, OK, they're telling my video is choppy. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to reset and come back in. OK, no problem. Man. All right. So that's what I've been working on is uh, some little, you know, the other projects <laughs> this weekend, trying to trying to finish stuff up and, and get it out of the way. I have some some interesting tests that uh, a lot of people have been asking about. I've been working on getting started or finishing. So uh, I'm excited to share that. Too early to talk about as of yet. Anka says she's working on some orders, chilling and working. Very cool. Man, you guys are popping off tonight. All the scrolling. That's great. Let's see. Can you guys talk a little bit on the process and best practices of burning on ceramics from Danny? Um, so it kind of depends on what you're trying to do, right? So if you're trying to do like glazed ceramic, you could do something like the Norton white tile method um, where you would use something like uh, Rust-Oleum 2X or something like that. Actually, I have some. I'll grab it. Give me one sec. So you could use something like this. I still have some testing to do with it. I haven't used it much on really at all at, on ceramics, but you could use something like that to basically coat the tile. You would laser your design on it, but your goal is to actually really just hit the surface. You're not trying to ablate it. And the paint kind of like activates on the surface. And then you can use um, something like a thinner or a paint, paint remover uh, solvent and remove everything off the surface. And what's left behind is the color on the glaze. So you could do something like that. I've been told UV does great on uh, ceramics as well. Doesn't leave like a char, it just leaves a beautiful mark behind. I haven't tried it yet, but it is on my list. So it kind of depends on what you're looking to get. On a CO2 laser, you could do the Norton white tile method on a CO2 laser. Sorry, I just read down. Ooh, we got Michael. Looks like Michael's ready to pop in. Michael. What's up, here to answer some questions. Our man from Laser Engraving 911. Hope here. you're doing good, bud. Yeah, I'm doing good. Good to see you, Kyle. Good to see you, bud. Um, have you done uh, any ceramics on the CO2? Yeah, I have done some ceramics. Um, they don't really, uh, it's kind of rough. You know, the, the CO2 laser doesn't really like ceramics too well. I mean, if it's painted on the surface and it's kind of like ceramic underneath, if it's like a light, light, ceramic paint on top like of a cl 
you can color bust, differentiation. You can bust through and expose okay. the white underneath. But if it's solid color, like all the way through, you're you're gonna have a rough time. It's nice, gonna it's nice. going to etch like it's gonna etch like glass does. It's only gonna fracture the surface, and you're not mm. gonna get a deep engraving. You might be able to get away with it, maybe on a fiber, but uh, I've only successfully etched away ceramic cups that <clears throat> had a thin layer of the ceramic glaze on it with a white underneath. Okay. I was able to, but if it's too thick, it's it's even. I have 120 watt CO2, and I still yeah. couldn't get through the 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 thick layered stuff. Um, I was almost maybe wondering if maybe something like a Brilliance would even give like a dark mark on it, or if it. If the white? ceramic kind of yeah it's, i think it might fracture the surface mm. i mean yeah it's definitely i would say that right there is definitely worth an experiment right there i you know i think i'm gonna pick up i have a couple of ceramic cups i can try it on but i have also some of those white tiles with the glaze yeah like the like the um the backsplash style tiles yeah 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 so I definitely burn i um I, it's on my list now. Um, yeah. We're going to give that a try. So more more coming soon on that, Danny. Good question. Um, let's see. And uh, Sargon above that said he does ceramic CO2 on the CO2, but he color fills them. So maybe with like a, like a rub and buff situation or yeah, um, like an acrylic... Uh, or something like that cool yeah because once you can get past that glaze and get into the kind of the crumbly kind of ceramic underneath on like cups and stuff you can actually kind of start getting some depth it's nice. that it's that glass ceramic glaze that it really kind of depends on how thick that is you know yeah, that makes sense that makes sense let's see uh and for those of you in chat i am still scrolling catching up on the hellos and the conversations if you have any questions drop them in the chat and we'll we'll try and get to them all danny says glass settings uh any prep on the ceramic it's oh you're still talking to sargon okay um so yeah we we aside from what michael said with the the ceramics i don't really have much experience with that so i will try it and, and report back maybe on the a future live stream or i'll do a video on it <laughs> frank what's the average flying velocity of an unladen swallow <laughs> uh yeah. i don't know it's time it, to fly off the bridge i guess is that a, is that a, it's gotta is love it, it is that a monty python yeah uh, yeah that's what i thought i love it <laughs> okay so laser lounge pete ranch hi um kyle been playing with uh playing much with the co2 gantry um, I've been doing more with it, um, now that kind of I've caught up with the initial testing on all the machines in the shop, I'm going back to, uh, trying to, uh, fill the gap on the, the gantry crash course. Um, I also need to do some maintenance on that machine actually, cause it's, it's been quite a while. Ooh, there you Matt have a log. Wood. Check out my log. What nice. did you did you do that? Is that one of your projects for this week? This is one. Of the, so the giant pizza place that wants the pizza place thing like they're all right. You can already tell it's like off center because yep. this goes up. Well, it's not that it's off center, but there's like a fucking gap there, but it's because it goes up. So technically, like measurement wise, it is precise, but then fucking angles. They're a bitch. So this is yeah. kind of a one-time shot. This is like a 30-year-old log that he had in his first house that he ever bought. And I told him, I said, it's a one-shot deal. Like, I, I can't undo it. And he's like, so what's it worth to you? Because how do you replace wood? Like, call insurance. Like, we had a piece of wood. Yeah. So whatever. This is what yeah. he's got for a sign. He's going to drill a hole down through it. And he said, like, three inches or so six inches from the side, six inches from the side. Uh, and there, that's about it. So, good enough. It's a lot. Very nice. You got, yeah. you got Hi, it. You got it in, man. It was. It looks good. <laughs> I did get my wood in. You're right. You. Yeah. Something. Oh, I'm sorry, my wood is quite Matt, girthy. Uh, Matt, I want to make a comment on doing things like that in the CO2. Just kind of a technique that I use for for dealing with objects. 
Um, couple of things. Fucking things. It looks good, by the way. Thanks. Um, uh, that was all. When, when you up. get when you get a log like that, or say someone brings you a log like that in your in your career at some point, uh, you're gonna think like you know it's got it's it's not level, right? It's got a dip in it, and then it goes up. And centering is one thing, and then how do you stay in focus? You know, uh, and Dude, that's what, well, that was my problem with that. I had to. You're exactly right. I had to take three pieces of. I had three pieces of like um, alder wood that were right. like varying thickness. And I literally right. tilt because it goes up one side and then dead center, it's bowed all over the place. But then at the other end, it goes up again. So I literally had to tilt it one way and then tilt it the other way. Exactly. So that's that's one way to do it. Ugh. If you're gonna if you're gonna do it, so there's there's a couple ways to do it. There's trying to level it the best you can at an average, whatever it is. Um, but I wanted and to mention that for a job for a job like that, you want to send it, but you want to send it with a four inch lens not a two inch mm-hmm. lens. Okay. And the reason for that is because you have a lot more give when you have a longer focal point, you have a lot more, it's, it's, it's more forgiving as it goes over the humps, not yes. super, not super extreme, but it's more, it would have also given more, more. Yes. It would have given you more leeway for that mm-hmm. average for, for dealing with those, those waves right there. And then the yeah. other way you could do it, of course, which I hate doing is do it in three parts, you know, uh, you yeah. know, do that's what I did. That's level what I did. that level it in the center and then tilt it again and do it again. But you can do that all in one part with a four inch lens and getting an average level of the waves, depending on how that's all I wanted yeah. to say. That's that's those are the unfortunately, two like most men, I, I don't have enough pictures in my toolbox. So <laughs> is that did I say that right? You need to get a four inch lens, dude. You should have that in your toolbox at all point. You're you're gonna you're gonna I should, you but that. like I can tell you after three years, that was probably the first and only project I've ever needed it for. I mean I guess I could use it for cutting, but I've got with the hundred and fifty watt with even the two inch you just blast straight through. Yeah. So yeah. But you're right. All right, hold on, I gotta fix it's, this. Let me poke my there you go. A, the four inch lens is also really handy for shooting into like trays that have walls. Okay, so I get a lot of trays where someone brings me a serving tray and my my head will crash on that two inch lens into the wall. And sometimes I need to do the whole tray. So having a four inch lens and be able to shoot down in it, that is like I've made lots of money with that four inch lens. I'm just saying. I'll oh, bring that up. I'll shut up. That was a great tip. And actually, you bring up a good point. Um, I actually had to decline uh, doing like those nice wooden salad bowls. Uh, yeah. because I, I did not have a four inch lens to do it with. Yeah. So, uh, that would have, that would have saved me on that too. Uh, Peter way, says, sorry, Galvo. I, I, I have been playing a lot with the CO2 Galvo. Yes. Nice. <laughs> um, right. what's happening? Jack was testing on painted canvas using the CO2. He turned his air off and it was looking great until the fire started. <laughs> Damn. yeah uh Yikes. yeah man that's that's what happens um so you still want some air you if you have one of those like uh bypass switches where you can turn it down that'll that'll help you out too but um you definitely want some air moving through that or else the, the that cotton on the canvas that hates it by the way, uh, I was just see. doing foam this weekend. Um, I had a project yeah. for cutting letters and strawberry shapes for a float. And it was the yeah. foam core board, which mm-hmm. Alicia Pate turned me on to. That stuff is awesome, by the way, for like crafty stuff. And uh, fire, first fire ever in the machine. Yeah. And it was because there was a piece of the foam board that didn't have the foam in it. So it was just corrugated uh, yeah. cardboard, which is oh. just a... Yeah, this is a funnel, a fire. Yeah. And so that's why you don't leave your machine, man. Ever. Never. Never. So it, it was, luckily it was a quick stop. Um, I literally just had some compressed air and zapped it because it wasn't even that big of a fire yet. Done. So just saying, you're not wrong, man. Always keep eye on that. Yeah. Don says, hello, is it possible to get a CO2 laser to get a really nice white engrave on glass? Um, yes. So here's the thing with, with the CO2. So you will get a good engrave on glass, but it is um, 
you're, what you're functionally doing is microfracturing it. And that those microfractures pick up the light differently, and that's what's giving you that white. Um, it's breaking so, up the surface. So you're not actually, um, Don, you're not actually removing any material at all. If you are, it's, it's microscopic. So what you're really looking at to the naked eye is what, what Kyle just said. Uh, those microfractures gives it that frosted look, but you're not actually ablating anything unless you have a cool UV laser. That's different. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, the next upgrade I would say to that, uh, if it is ever an option or if you're doing like job shop stuff and, and you want to do like ultimate glass in the future, uh, a UV would be the next best thing, or actually it would be an upgrade to the glass, but, um, because a UV, you're actually ablating the glass at that point, And it looks, if you've ever seen sandblasted glass before, it's more or less identical to the eye. Uh, you get nice, soft engrave on it. It's not crunchy. So, um, if you don't have your glass fine tuned on a CO2 and you run your finger across the engrave, you'll actually get like chips of glass in your hand sometimes yeah. mm -hmm. or in your, your finger. Um, but when you get fine-tuned, um, that usually is minimized. Um, if, uh, if you don't get to that point, another hack you can use, um, they call them... Um, I think they call them glass polishing pads. They're like ultra-high grit uh, sanding pads. Um, they, they usually come in little squares or circles and they're, they start at like 5,000 grit and go up to like 20,000 grit or something. Sure. Um, you could use one of those and it kind of takes the edge off of, or the burr off of the edge of the, the little fractures. Um, and that can help. So, you got a quick suggestion uh, play, for you. Play too. with that. You got some options. Oh, what's up, Matt? So, um, one thing that JDS sells that's really good is called orange blazer tape. I think it's something like that. It's or orange blaze or orange laser tape for glass. Yeah. And it comes in different rolls. I think one size is six inches and one size is 12 inches. And literally you can wrap the glass. You'll have to do some weeding afterwards, but basically that orange blaze keeps the fracturing down. I don't really understand how it works to be honest with you, but, um, it's almost like, a like it phases out some of the heat to keep it from looking so rough and it's way whiter after you're done. I know that's what uh, May and Alicia both used for their glass prior to, but uh, prior to it, but you are to, like weed it at the end and you are going to have to do like Kyle said, give it a little after treatment and clean up. So that's mm -hmm. why the UV is so nice. If you're going to be doing like large production, um, you, you crank them out and there's no cleanup. You just, <laughs> you know, there you go. Um, so just that's one more tip. Uh, I think you can hear me. Your audio is still pretty barked. Yeah. But you look beautiful. <laughs> Let's come for Chappie. Uh, well, he's working on that. Mark says, Kyle, are you going to be doing a part two of your fiber on powder coat with settings? Um, I mean, we could, uh, if we if we get inquiries for if for something specific, so if there's like a certain color that everyone's having a, a hard time with, that's that's the reason why Alex did that red one uh, way back is because red was like the 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 worst color to do on a fiber. Um, but if there's something we can do to kind of help everyone out, uh, we can we can definitely add it to the list if we get some feedback on it. Hmm. Let's see. The way. Uh, JP plus sells that blazer tape too. Just so you know, yeah. I'll put a link in the chat. If anybody needs it, it's Johnson expensive plastic. by the way. It's a big ass roll. Yeah. And it's uh 12 inches by a hundred feet or six inches by a hundred feet. So you're going to drop 150 bucks on it, but that's for, if you're doing production pieces, just saying. Hey, uh, let me comment to Mark about the powder coating on fiber really quick. Yep. just want to add a little tip. Um, I know that fiber lasers can go through powder coating, you know, on the tumbler and stuff, but you're always going to have a better time if you try to pick a tumbler, you know, if you have the option with a thinner coating of powder coat, <laughs> yeah. you get some of these brands that have these like multi millimeter layer of powder coat. 
especially when you get into the weird colors that fiber lasers don't like. It's like, it's like rubberized at that point. <laughs> yeah. It's, you want to kind of, you're going to have a, no matter what technique you use, you're going to have, you're going to find yourself spending more time drilling through that uh, than you would if you just picked kind of a mid range powder coating job type cut, you know, I think you have a lot faster, better luck with the fiber on that mark. Yeah. If you, if you can, if you can pick those out. Um, Wayne says, uh, Etsy or in person, what's your take on it? I have been on Etsy, but not one sale. Should I get off the platform? Um, Etsy does really good for some people, uh, not so awesome for others. And, um, we're not going to get into the whole debate about whether we like them as a platform or not, because honestly, it just depends on what your needs and wants are. And it works really well for some people. Um, but uh, if you're not seeing any sales at all, and it's been, you know, over a month, let's say, uh, maybe you need to change up your strategy on SEO, your, your, your tag words. Uh, are you putting in photos? Are you filling up your photo slots that they give you? And are you getting it at different angles? Are you getting it in use? Are you getting it in the real world? Are you changing it up? Um, I think they just added video support uh, for, uh, all, all users, I believe, if I read read that article right, uh, which means you could get your significant other or best friend if you're, let's say, you're selling a cup, get a video of them drinking and make it look all cinematicy if you want. Um, you got some options, but um, there's a lot of optimizations you can make to a listing, whether you're on Etsy or you have a Shopify store or you're selling on eBay. You got to make sure that you're hitting all those target points of SEO, photo, video, uh, putting in a description. Um, you you got to give it all the best chances you can. And sometimes it just takes time to, to kind of work your way into the algorithm. It doesn't hurt to make more listings of different products because the more kind of nets you cast, you now you're increasing your, your reach of what people are looking for. And the more um, reviews you get, the better it's going to look for you and the more people are going to trust you. I second that. Which yeah. Is, and that was actually everything, everything you just said. Yeah. It's good. Good advice. Yeah, and that's actually what uh, I know may uh, came on. I think and she was talking about using Adobe express to create those like eye capturing photos, because I can tell you right now, if it's not something that makes someone feel like that's where I know, um, uh, Daryl talked about that too, like having like, it's an emotional purchase, right? Um, yeah. it's, so it's one of those things where like, it needs to pop and have pizzazz. And if it doesn't, um, Etsy is definitely a visual selling platform. So that's, that's a huge one. Yep. 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 Um, let's see. It's also a pay to play platform platform. I just want to say, Oh, you for know, sure. Uh, when, when, uh, Alex and I were first getting started with Sonoma laser engraving. We had an Etsy shop and uh, I had all the pictures, all the SEO. I had third party programs helping me with the SEO. My listings were on point, everything you just said, Kyle, but the minute I started using their advertising and paying them a little bit of money and bidding on things, then the sales just seemed to magically kick in. It was so amazing. Mm -hmm. As soon as I started, as soon as I started paying them, we just started selling left and right. So, so we need that magic. Uh, Wayne, if you're, if you're not yeah. paying for advertising through Etsy yet, you might want to consider a small budget because you might see an improvement. Make make sure everything is lined up too, though. Yeah. Do, yeah. Everything here's the other thing. Okay. first and then yeah. maybe so a small So can I ask you, what did you find was the sweet spot? How much did you spend on ads? Because that's something I know a lot of people wonder. Do I do ten dollars, twenty, thirty, forty a day? Like, what's it? Because it's usually like a per diem, right? Dude, it was it was somewhere between like eight and twelve bucks a day. It wasn't that it wasn't that much. Okay, that's pretty sweet. It was like eight and twelve bucks a day, and we were doing really well. Like, it didn't. I didn't even really notice it at the end of each month because once I yeah, started making doing, up for it. Once I started doing that, it was like. So oh, two fifty, oh, so two fifty a month. I see what you wanted me to do all along. So the last three months, <laughs> I spent building these listings, having Alex and I edit all these cool photos of these products that we make. It wasn't really about that. You just wanted me to pay. Oh, you should have just told me that. <laughs> <laughs> like have like a 
the like a this or what do you call it, like a level tier? You know, like oh yeah, I'm a gold member, and then your shit just gets yeah. to the top. Because yeah. you're not wrong. It, like if you guys haven't noticed, people out there listening, like it literally says like sponsored, advertise. You know, like it's got the little word yeah. that pops yeah. it up there, and there'll yeah. be about fifty of them in front of everybody else. Yeah. So unless people do some type of a filter, like spelter by lowest, but then you're racing to the bottom. So yeah, yeah. which is that thing we've talked about before. Yeah, don't race to the bottom. It's not worth it. Um, Eastern Atlantic Utility says, Tammy here. I have a newbie question. I'm coming from a Glowforge to an OhmTech Polar. How do I line up material in the bed? Fisheye camera is zero help. Uh, so a couple tips with that. Um, I've not worked much with a camera because my only experience with it is I didn't like it. Um, so I'll go back got, to it at some point. But yeah. The, the tip I can offer you, uh, at least from my point of view, um, if you're utilizing the camera, you need to make sure that you're directly under the camera. Because if, you're, if your camera's in the center of the bed when it's closed and you're trying to line something up on the far left side, it is going to be the worst amount of skew possible in that situation. Mm -hmm. So you, you want to try and stay within uh, underneath it. Um, the way I line up jobs without a camera is I use the red dot, uh, with the laser. So I don't, yep. I, I'm not super familiar with the polar, but I think it still has a Rowita controller. Um, and you, you can use the framing feature to see where it's framing. And depending on it, like when you send it over from Lightburn, you can either utilize, uh, a user origin or exact cords, and you can tell it either where you want the job to be from the software using exact cords, or you can use user origin top left or top right or center or whatever. And from there, when you send it over, you set the origin on the controller and then hit frame and it'll tell you where it's going to put it and you can move the origin uh, if it's not lining up to what you want. I wonder if uh, the, the Omtech Polar has a red, red dot laser in it. Because if it's anything like the the GWIC uh, Pro, they don't have red dots built. They are ready to Is that how you it. say that? GWIC. Yeah, GWIC. That's how you say it. I thought it was Gwiki. No, it's GWIC. <laughs> okay. That's G, good to know. G, just say um, G Candlewick. Makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if they do. Another idea is if you have like a piece of scrap material on your bed, is if you could, if you have a square or rectangle or a circle, you could lightly laser engrave that shape onto the bed first, like a really quick pass and just score the actual shape of what you're about to set in there, then set your object in there. And then now you know where it's going to land, then line it up on the screen. Let's say you have a log. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, like literally what I did is exactly what the, uh, what Kyle just said. So I use the elastic, uh, I think it's called the, like the rubber band. Um, what's it called Kyle? Oh, fuck. Like where it frames it out. So it's like the elastic frame or the rubber band frame is what it's called. Like when you actually mouse over. Oh, yeah. There's, there's so the there's frame, contour. There's, there's. Yeah. And then that's literally what it's called is like, if you look at it, it's like, like a rubber band, it goes around. So long story short, um, I just did that. And so what I, like, uh, basically I looked at where it was and I marked it. And over here I marked it. Then I turned this to a different uh, preset. So this was zero one. And I made this zero zero. And so from the center of this, it went over and it basically outlined where the edges were going to be. And I marked it with a pencil real fast just to make sure. So then no matter what, I knew where each spot was going to be and yeah. all the way across. And then I just was able to make sure it lined up right. And I was good to go. So a little more time and labor intensive, like um, Michael said before, but ugh. It was, I mean, everything lines up. Like I put a level across it and it's, it's good. Yeah. Uh, when my red light died, I actually made a lot of use out of using some scrap material. Like you mentioned, um, it, especially if like, if, if you order some replacements and they're not coming in, if, mm. if you happen to land in that situation, that's the only way I could utilize it at the time. So it works. Um, the other option is put in a beam combiner. <laughs> oh, no. uh, but uh that that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing oh, um 
if you want to modify your machine to make it easier to use long-term, that might be a solution, but it's not going to be an easy fix. Uh, so consider that the next time you go to do like maintenance or something. Don't, don't rip your working machine apart for it. We literally just had an ad play in the middle of our discussion. That's so weird. Oh, seriously? Yeah, like on a live. That's why uh, Laura, Laura, yeah, neither did I. Laura just said ads playing right in the middle of Matt's demonstration, not cool. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, I wonder if when the ad's over, it, can, it, backs it up went right back to it. It went oh, right okay. back to it. It's wild. Mm. Huh. Anyways, let's see. Um, nice, John. Oh. Good Thank you, Bo. Appreciate you, man. Ooh, I will, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I will, I will definitely, uh, I'll keep track of that for uh and notify alex um let me see let me see let me see let me see what's one about uh, medical i need help avoiding corrosion rusting discoloration of annealing marks on stainless steel medical instruments i have been doing it for a few years and have not been able to perfect my settings. <laughs> Michael, I know you have some experience with that. Like one or two, right? Uh, you're talking, <laughs> Joseph, you're talking about uh, annealing on, on stainless. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm assuming that you're, that you're using a fiber laser. I know it seems silly. Well, but like just, a, just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, I know that, I don't know on on your guys's uh, laser masters if you have any uh, easy CAD settings or anything like that, but uh, it sounds like you're trying to perfect your your what we call the Z mark or the anneal mark, where you just get a a black. You're changing the color of the steel without removing any material, um, and you're getting corrosion and rusting and discoloration of anneal marks. So yeah, so that means you're engraving. So it sounds like you're not actually annealing anything because anneal marks um, don't don't do that because you didn't actually remove any material. It's heated it. Um, you just heated it to change the color. I do a lot of that here, and um, I don't know. I just I've had that setting in my laser for so long. You definitely going to have to do. Are you? I don't know if you 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 know this, but you need to defocus. You need to defocus when you're doing that kind of mark. You can't be focused right to the material. And that level of how far away from your material is going to depend on your lens and your machine. You're going to have to find that sweet spot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I should maybe I may I'll do a video on annealing stainless since I do a lot of it. I've got like these <clears throat> these marks right here. So I'm working on some medical tools right now. Uh, and let's see, I know that's doesn't want to be in focus, but uh, those those are my anneal marks uh, with the fiber laser. And then I've got another part to do where I've got to put these uh, millimeter marks all like a ruler right here and then oh, wow. have it light up. Oh, yeah. no, it gets worse because the, the starting position for the tool is right here. Oh, it's not, it's not close. So I had to have the company. I said, look, <laughs> you, I said, look, you, you, your starting position is these open at 30 millimeters, but you didn't, you didn't give me a jig. You didn't give me a piece of plastic to set in here. You just want me to kind of use my caliper and, and hope these stay open like this. You get so, charged per second. So I went back to him and I, I said, Hey, you got a 3d print me a, a jig to hold these open nice. at, at 30 millimeters. Because then yeah. I'll start the first mark, which is the start mark. And then it goes 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, you know, all the way up to here. So anyway, yeah, I do a lot of annealing, uh, no removing of the teal. And I have to do it right because these are going to go into autoclave and they're going to get sterilized. And that mark cannot come off for many, 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 many cleanings, you know. Yeah. Um, hope that answers your question. Yeah, to remove something like that, you're removing metal, too. Yeah. Um, I, I also, uh, Alex did a video way back when on black marks as well. Covers a lot of what you covered, but not a lot on annealing, I don't think. Mostly just the, the Z mark on black. So yeah. nice I threw work. a video link for that. Nice. If Michael covers it, it'd be cool to get the double perspective. 
That'd be cool. Yeah. And then Miranda posted a how to anneal on and engrave on steel video. A uh, few oh, comments okay. below yours too. Excellent. Nice. Um, basically, steroids. Yeah. Yep. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So, so I got I one do, here. Yeah. Ooh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I, I have to make sure that my mark is right. Cause the first thing that this company that I work for does is take a bunch of these and throw them in that machine. And then they yep. look at them and then they throw them in again and they look at them because they're really expensive instruments. Yeah. Got to make sure they're going to do their job too. The look of uh, that. There's no, there's expensive. no room for error. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Vince says, I encountered a problem with ZZCAD 2. It prompts LMC driver not found. Please help. You need to likely reinstall your driver. Um, it's especially lately, uh, but it's been an ongoing problem. When Windows 10 and 11 do updates, you will find that the driver ends up getting either uh, disassociated with the device or gets overwritten with a, a Windows generic USB driver. You need to go back in and you need to pair that with your EasyCAD 2 driver. Or if you've installed Lightburn, Lightburn driver has overwritten that potentially, and you may need to remove that and install the EasyCAD 2 driver. Uh, we have a video on that in the Lightburn for Gantry Crash Course. I believe it's episode three or four uh, for swapping back and forth is, is a good way to kind of walk you through that process. Yeah. That's a good idea. Driver, yeah. ablate. driver ablated. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Willie Sim says, so frequency and cleaning passes, what's the science behind it? Um, the science behind it is you, a cleaning pass isn't really taking off a lot of material. It's evening out the surface and removing schmutz. Um, so usually a, a slightly higher frequency pass that you wouldn't be doing any serious deep engraving with. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you're, let's say you're on like a 30 watt with a JPT source and you're doing a deep engrave with like a thousand or 2000 speed and like high power, um, at like 25 frequency, which is like the sweet spot for 30 Watts usually. Tearing it up, yeah. Um, yeah. So what you would want to do just as a generic, it's going to be different depending on what you're working on, but. Um, I usually say start with going up by 20 or 30 on the frequency, or if you're working with like a rake source that has a 30 to 60 frequency cap, instead of working at 30, try 45 the, and reducing your power. And what you're going to find is it's going to help even out some of those, uh, lines and inconsistencies from deep digging. It's going to remove the stuff, the higher frequency, it kind of bounces it out of the grooves and moves it away. And, um, at least that's how I approach it. Um, I'm sure the guys next to me, um, might have some, something different to go by and, and that's okay. Cause kind of just depends on what you're looking for. Do you guys have a different approach to that? Um, I can say real quick too, just to add in like, well, like I've noticed too, adding in intervals. So basically the angle of interval, like where you, where it's coming from, um, so kind of like it, it basically, instead of hitting it zero all the time, right. Or zero one eighty or zero ninety or something like that, where it's just going back and forth, you could actually have it do intervals of like 30 degrees. So basically you'll have 12 passes that go around it. Um, and it just kind of sweeps it up and cleans it up from all the different angles and it comes out looking pretty smooth that way. So just saying, just a thought too, but otherwise everything goes in. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, all right, I'll hit the next question. TMB says, if you had to choose between a 30-watt JPT and a 50-watt RACUS, which would you guys choose and why? JPT. <laughs> all day. You got an opinion, Michael, or nah? You know, I have an opinion now, but I didn't have an opinion until recently, and I'll tell you why. Uh, when I went to the uh, trade show that I did a video on and reviewed the Epilogue Galvo, and I asked them, what laser source are you using in your machine? And they said, JPT. And I know that they are in there 
testing those fiber lasers before they decided what to put in their one of their expensive machines. And the fact that they landed on JPT, I guarantee you, was not just because of a cost mm -hmm. factor. It was yeah. probably because they dug into Rakus, they dug into JPT, and they decided that that was the unit that they were going to put in there. So I'm going to say JPT. I okay. can tell you the reason I said JPT also, because he's right. It gives you the wider range of frequencies so you can work with the most materials because a lot of times power doesn't really have anything to do with working with polymers and plastics. Um, it's the frequencies. And so when you can't hit the right frequencies where you're just destroying surfaces and melting shit, that's what Rakus does. Not because it can't, you know, it's just not the right tool is basically what it is. So having that frequency distribution be like 10 times larger, that's it. Like that's yeah. the sweet spot. That's the secret. And that's what Michael's absolutely right. Like JPT gives you for the, for the bang for the buck, you've got the widest array of uses for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, my opinion on that would be very much uh, what's the use case of the machine. Oh yeah. So if I'm, if this is going to be my primary machine, it's the only machine, the only fiber I'm going to have, right. It's at least for a little while it's got to be able to do the most amount of things unless I have a very specific use case. So if all I'm doing is deep engraving, then that 50 watt is probably going to have a, a bigger, bigger use case because it's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if, if I'm a job shop and it's going to be the only fiber laser I'm going to have for the next six months, 12 months, two years, five years, whatever, you want to get the Swiss then, Army knife. <laughs> Swiss are you Army saying, knife. Are you saying that you knife. want to laser everything, Kyle? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Huh. So the 30-watt JPT is, like they said, most versatility, gives you that wider frequency range. Um, you're going to have a much easier access to fine-tuning. So if you're, let's say you're doing some kind of funky polymer or something, super soft material, if you hit that even with like 10% at like 25 frequency with a 50 watt on a super soft polymer, you're going to burn a hole right through it. Yep. With a 30 watt JPT, 1% difference versus 1% of a 50 watt is a significant difference in power in terms of like wattage downrange. So you're going to get more fine tuning out of it. And if you need to hit something harder, you can always go down to like a 70 millimeter lens or a 50 millimeter if you really need to hit it. Um, so you, you also have that flexibility in lens size if you need to just get more power out of that 30 watt. So and I would say 30 watt if you need the Swiss Army knife. The other thing too is just a reminder, that's what the start of the channel was, a 30 watt JPT. So that is true. Same. Jace says, do you have any input on when to change the frequency on an RF CO2 tube? It's an unmarked 55 watt coherent. Also, do you know the typical frequency range of an RF tube? Um, it's going to be different by brand and by model for the, the typical frequency range. So I, I don't know what the 55 watt coherent is going to be. Do you, do you know? <laughs> I can tell you what my frequency range is on my epilogue. What it's is uh, zero to 100. Okay, cool. So um, that's what it is on the 60 watt that I have on the new Fusion Edge. And uh, I think, and I know that my Epilogue M2 Fusion 120 watt is, my setting is zero to 100 frequency. Have you played with that to see what it does really? Yeah, um, I actually... That's kind of cool. Yeah, I actually lower it when I'm like doing kind of chunky stuff. And, uh, and I raise it up when I'm doing like paper, like thin, really thin stuff. You can actually yeah. hear the, you can hear the sound change of the beam. It goes really That's high, cool. goes really high pitch when it's cutting versus like if I have it at a lower frequency, uh, yeah. you, can, you can hear it change. What? That sounds yeah. like some James Bond stuff. It's like time to die. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, def it definitely has its place for sure. That's cool. The, uh, the, the only real feedback I have on that, again, I've only had the CO2 Galvo for a little bit now and, you know, it is what it is, but um, I've been enjoying it. The interesting thing I found was I can kind of, um, you know, like the tear lines you would put on like, uh, 
like a break apart uh, cardboard model or something like that. So you mm-hmm. can tear it out. Yeah. The perforations mm-hmm. you can, you can almost, so if I drop it down to like uh, my default range that came with software, I don't know if it's the actual range for my uh, source or not yet um, is one to tw- one to 25 kilohertz. If I drop it down to anywhere from like one to five kilohertz and I go at like 2000 speed, I can almost do a perforation cut because if you're moving fast enough, the pulses are going to be stretched out across that area. Uh, So if you're doing 2000 millimeters a second and you're only doing a thousand pulses a a second. Yeah, that's cool. So um, that's the only feedback I got there. Sorry. Uh, Let's see. Asking about ventilation and stuff. What was that, boys? Uh, someone was asking about ventilation. Mm. Um, so actually, Michael chatted about this when he covered um, yeah. his extractor units that he yeah. talked about. Yeah. Yeah. So you. So um, I mean, it it, it kind of depends on what you're doing. If you're using a fiber laser, like how smelly is the stuff that you're doing? Um, but they make small fume extractors that you can bring with you that are mobile. Yeah. Um, you could do an inline fan with a really long exhaust hose and get it really far away from, you know, wherever it is that you're working. But if you're going to do leather on site um, or something really stinky like that, um, even a fume extractor is not going to save you in a mobile situation no. if there's people around. Um, you're going to be scaring people away with no, that. No, no, even, even, even with the charcoal <laughs> filters, it doesn't. <laughs> Trust me, dude, I've tried them all. I got, I got $7,000 fume extractors in here. I got $2,000 fume extractors. Yeah. Yeah. Leather is the destroyer of, of it just cannot, they can't filter it out. You would need probably a hundred pounds of charcoal to, for it to go through a hundred pounds to, to get completely rid of the smell of burning leather. Ugh. Leather um, has no chill. No, it has no chill, dude. <laughs> but, but as far as mobile, yes, I do have like a small unit. I've done mobile events where I was doing um, Coke bottles at an event and I just had a small fume extractor with a small filter set. You know, it's just kind of there for show anyway. It's just little glass particles. Um, I've done wood with a fume extractor on site, and that fume extractors work really well at getting rid of all that smell. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so it, it can be done. That's how you do it. Yeah. Um, tip for that, too, is uh, if you enclose the laser, like if you have an open split-style Galvo that you're doing it with, um, if you enclose the laser, it will stop passive breezes and people walking by and whatnot from moving that smell too much around. Mm. And if you use that either extractor unit or exhaust, it will at least try and contain it. Uh, Mm. The other piece of that is just the safety portion of it is nice, but um, yeah, Mm. we've covered that too. Uh, Lowell says uh, any more courses or videos we're going to be lasering everything so we'll, we'll be covering more you know across all the lasers we'll be doing more over time so uh if there's anything in particular you want to see uh leave us some feedback in the comments and uh of this or any one of our videos and we'll uh we'll do our best to help out um do you guys know a fast way to position straighten something you are going to laser on the bed? Maybe. Uh, yeah. I spend too much time positioning things. Um, if you're doing a lot of the same thing, use jigs, use a scrap board and have an outline on the board. Um, jigs work great. I use jigs a lot. Uh, you guys saw me do the rotary jig live stream. Uh, I did the video on creating the business card jig. I, I'm a fan of that. When you're doing repeats of the same stuff over and over, you have the position and software already set up and then it's just drop stuff into the jig and hit go. 
Um, so, I mean, that's just kind of my approach to it. Um, I then spend zero time opening things because it's already done. Yeah, um, I was going to say, if you do current position with jigs and you line it up, boom. Or yep. like uh, like we said a few, a little bit ago, using the framing functions, there's multiple, like the contour framing option um, mm -hmm. from current position. Uh, you can do scraps. Like whenever I have like a quick project, I'm trying to knock out of a scrap. That's what I do. And it's quick and easy. Yeah. If you have it sized up too, um, even if it's not a normal jig, it's just an item and you have, you have registration points on the item, for example, depending on what it is. Like if it's a, a knife with two bolts in the same spot every time, you can use uh, the print and cut feature as well if it's on a gantry. Um, you can use print and cut and light burn to register the two marks with the laser head position and use that. And it's kind of like a jig without a jig. Um, yep. Etsy advertising tips, uh, SEO and get everything squared away and then, and then use advertising Money. and set a budget. I love how Boyce is so excited, but I wish I could hear what he's saying. He's like, "Round, round." Sounds like a sounds like a fucking I Muppet. Still sound like shit. You sound like a Muppet, bro. You sound like you're, you're you're definitely have it set up to the wrong mic. I can tell you that. Yeah, it's like coming from way the fuck. I think it's to your upstairs mic, actually. Upstairs <laughs> mic on the laptop. <laughs> it's the bathroom mic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, and we got Wayne with the $3 stupor sticker. Um, I wish Thank I could see you, the Wayne. sticker, but we appreciate you, man. I hope it was a fun sticker. And we appreciate your support, bud. Right. Um, let's see. It's a big thumbs up. Cool pair. It's like sassy pair. Yeah. Uh, Wayne says I might have to get a marketer to work on my listings for Etsy. Nah, man, just uh, take your time with SEO. Use different keywords. Think about different, even for the title, think about different things people would think of to find your product. So if it's a, if it's a, a cup, you could call it a cup. You could call it a mug. You could call it a tumbler. You could call it uh, a, a sipper. I mean, there's, there's so many different things you can do. Um, I don't think you have to pay a marketer, man. Um, just take your time with it. Don't, don't stress it voice just broke himself. um i don't know if it's still uh, any, i don't know if it's still any good but um when i was researching seo wayne and and doing all that stuff i did pay and it was actually pretty helpful i just don't know how relative it is anymore because there's probably better ones there's a website called marmalade okay mark like marmalade but it's Marma L E A D Marmalade, oh, and cool. it's a it's a keyword search cloud. Uh, you can it's free. You can do the free or the paid version, and you can you'll you'll see. Just go watch a tutorial on how to use it. You might find that helpful for getting keywords for your listings. It's specific to Etsy. It's third party. Good tip. Mm -hmm. Um, Danny says, uh, when I measure a wooden square, for example, and I create a square in Lightburn, and when I test that frame, my laser head goes further than the borders of my square. My measure is precise. So, uh, when you say your head goes further, it makes it sound like you're on a, a gantry system. Uh, to me, that sounds like, so if you're on a diode, your scale is off. Uh, or B, if you're on a CO2 and you're on like a Ruida or a Trosin controller, your scale is off there. So in the controller, you can actually scale back um, either through Lightburn or the controller uh, what the percentage is. So if you, let's say you're measuring 100 millimeters and it's measuring out to 80, then you're off by 20%. So that would be how Easy I would approach man. it. Yeah. Um, I would use consistencies like that. So if it's supposed to be a hundred percent and you're only measuring 80, you can do easy, you know, napkin math to figure out the difference on boosting that. And the tip with that is you're actually going to have a measurement for the Y 
and the x-axis. Um, but again, that that's going to change depending on the type of laser you're talking about and what the control system is for it. Um, I've never tried it, but on a DSP, I, you might even be able to change that through Lightburn. I'm not sure. I've, I've never. I don't think I've had to that. mess with it. So, and I'm willing to bet Epilogue that would never be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they 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 tune their stuff up so tight. Uh, yeah, like everything, they just that's that's not even in things the settings. They travel it's so fast, it has to be. It's not even in the settings. Like you, you don't even get to have to mess with that stuff. And yeah, yeah it's weird. I have a video coming out where um, I, Apple, I, I laser engrave stuff with on anodized aluminum with the epilogue and also with the fiber. And then I get in the microscope and show you the difference. And when you see the scan gap lines from the epilogue, <laughs> you're like, what? We are like, and, and what, 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 what's, what's cool is how tight they are, but how fast the machine was running and they still stay tight. Like that's, yeah, it's crazy. Boys is having a hard time tonight. Don't give him any trouble. What if his camera comes on boys. in the bathroom cam next? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I don't this know if like, you guys noticed. Boys has changed over to Boys 0.0. Yeah, he oh, fucked no. up. He's done. He started He's done over. The wagon. Oh, uh, I literally had to turn off OBS because it was slowing my system down. Like, it was like, so I just killed it. I think that's what's happening with him, too. Grush says, if I ever get a hip replacement, I wonder if they'd let me take it home to market first. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Not likely, because they're probably going to want to keep it packaged and sterile. But Listen, if you pay it's, for it, it's, it's yours. going to need to be a Z-Mark, just, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it seems you have rust poisoning. I don't know yeah. what that's... I, I feel like, too, that, would, that would turn into a... A, a big medical waiver of if anything goes wrong, it's on you. The insurance isn't going to cover it type situation. Plus it's going to be really weird when they do an x-ray of you one day and they see a dick butt on your, like, <laughs> on your fucking met, like your femur rod. Oh, Just man. saying like, uh, what's going on here? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Fucking asshole. Hey, I could hear hey, you. Hey, we now. hear you. I hear your dirty mouth. Potty mouth there. Okay. Now we just got to see that body face. But the the audio sounds good. (laughs) I literally called it. I said at one hour he's going to figure it out. And it was one hour on the (laughs) dot. Alex says, any suggestion on uh, parameters for cutting silver? 0.925. Also, any tip? Thanks in advance. Silver... I haven't tried cutting silver pretty much ever because uh, I just don't get steel, silver sheet around here. But Alex, uh, you can. Uh, I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to answer that. Um, hey, right. it's definitely hey, do- doable. The issue that you're going to have, Alex, is that silver is like one of is. By the way, while you're answering his question, I'm just going to click this and leave it up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Brian. Bucks for to get a new mic. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. Um, silver is like super reflective. Um, so. All any, right. Any, uh, you know, just like okay. with gold and oh, stuff. So no. it's a little harder uh, to cut it. It is possible for sure. I would definitely follow, you know, use wobble cuts like with any other thin metal. Uh, you want to get your wobble cut right. And um, try try also putting it. I don't know what thickness you're trying to cut, but um, go on eBay and buy yourself a, a, a scrap heat sink, right? And you can put that uh, the gills under just a little heat sink, like from a computer, not too little, but and uh, put those gills facing up and lay your little sheet of silver on there and then start doing your cut. So some of the heat gets absorbed into that little little heat sink. That'll help out a little bit. I figured it out. <laughs> Welcome back, uh, boys. One hour into the show. Motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. I literally called. I was like, at one hour, he's finally going to figure that shit out. And it's dead on, dude. It literally clicked one zero 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 one. I had to unplug everything and then replug it in because my computer did a fucking reboot. So, anyway. It's all good. Uh, so, we did the first hour. You're on your own for the second hour, right? You good? Yeah. That's, that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Boys is just uh, gonna start rapping. Fuck, fuck it. Yep. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Well, we uh, we made it to the bottom, and I think we finished up all the questions we had active. Um, we're at an hour and two, so I'm thinking we're gonna close it up for the night. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So uh, thank you to my my awesome host this evening, Michael Boyce, Matt. You're all beautiful, <laughs> handsome men, and we all appreciate your knowledge and love. I had a and, lot. Uh, <laughs> I like, I, I like the I like the questions tonight. Those are some good questions. It's all over the yes, place, man. That was yeah. great. Um, yep, uh, we appreciate everybody's uh, love they shared for Jimmy as well. Um, yeah. So we did have an announcement earlier, yes, uh, <laughs> yesterday I believe or Sunday. Uh, saying, saying what's up with that? Yeah. So if you missed that, go check that out. Um, and uh, yeah. If you want to support the channel and and support the guys here and check out Michael, Michael's a, a got a, a a very uh, similar channel to ours in that it's about lasers, but from a very different uh, point of view yeah, with his awesome personality. <laughs> yeah, kind of like applications. I don't, yes. I don't I don't mess around with the settings. I try not to mess around with the settings too much. I'm more of like a. Just want it. Just want it to work. I'll show you. Get the I'll cool you, outcome. I'll show you how to how to get the cool outcome over on my channel. Yeah. You want settings? So come over here. <laughs> that'll be. That'll all be linked below. Um, we got uh, links to our Discord and Facebook group down in the description as well. And if you want to check out the LMA, um, LMA is what supports us so that we can do everything we do on the channel. Um, so if you want to assist us in that way or find out more, check out masters.lasereverything.net and that'll be linked below as well. And we hope all of you have a beautiful rest of your week. Thank you again and have a great night. See ya.